Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. First of all, thank you for even allowing me to get up here and talk. I appreciate it. It's good to see all of your beautiful faces on this beautiful morning. If you've been here for the past month and a half or so, um, you'd know that we're, we're going through a series, and for a handful of non-consecutive weeks, we've been going over the topic of honor, okay? And we've covered it in a, in a few different facets, honoring people, um, honoring God, and there's been a couple others as well. Our staff has been a fantastic job. And so I'm going to kind of build on that a little bit today, and my topic is going to be honoring God, but... I only have about 15 minutes to do it. And if you haven't noticed, God's kind of a a big deal. So talking about honoring him, I'm going to hit just the tip of the iceberg. So I'm just going to let you guys know that right now. Um, We're going to have about a two-parter. So I'm going to start with the first part, and my beautiful wife is going to come up after me, and she's going to be covering the honoring people topic. So what we're going to do here is um, really excited about it. I'm actually going to have you guys just close your eyes for a second. And I've selected a couple people to read a few verses. And I just want you guys to just listen. Just clear your minds and just listen. Okay, we have just a couple verses. I promise it won't be too long. Just try and get the, the presence that we're trying to establish here. <clears throat> Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. First Corinthians 10.31 So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Proverbs 3, 5-6 Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. Proverbs 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Deuteronomy, wow, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the, by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall blind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. <laughs> you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Thanks, guys. You guys can go ahead and open up your eyes. I'll make my way to the front. <laughs> All right. I feel like I could end right there, actually. You just, you know, do the, drop the mic and sit down. But um, 
as I was taking a look at this word, honor, I realized just how hard it can be to tackle. How can a five-letter word be so much or mean so much? Now, if you look at it in, you know, the Webster's Dictionary, of course, they're just going to give you that simple one-word answer, value or worth. And we're going to kind of go off that definition, but when I was trying to wrap my head around it, I began to think of it in, in synonyms, right? Kind of like value or worth. And so basically what I did is I, I made like a, a picture. And so I had this big umbrella and I put honor at the top of it. And then I started filling in what goes under this umbrella. And I'm thinking, how do I honor God? What would be a word? Trust. To trust God is honorable, right? Obedience. To obey God, that's honorable. To love, to love God, that's honorable. And it just kept going. I mean, there was like 20 words that fall under the category of how to honor God. Esteem, praise, submit, partner. I could keep going for a really long time. But at its core, the working definition that we're going we're gonna to use today is honor is acknowledging in our hearts God's value and worth, who he is, and what he's done for us. That's going to be the basis of kind of what we go off of today. So in essence, it begs the question, how has God honored us? Before we can begin to discuss how do we honor God, we have to find out how has God honored us already. And I broke this down into four pieces, okay? The one is God created us in his own image, God rescued man at the cost of his son and offered us salvation from sin. God honors us by offering us adoption into his family to be sons and daughters. God honors us by allowing us to partner with him. And so I'm just going to read this. This is just what I wrote in summary. God's worth is derived from his very being. It is rooted in our very existence because he is the creator. He is the sustainer. His son was the sacrifice, and he is the savior. We honor him for our very existence because he is the reason we live and hope and love and thrive. And it's, that's why we say, we give you the highest praise. You deserve it all. You deserve it all. He is of the utmost value, the utmost price, the utmost worth. His precious life was sacrificed on our behalf. And if our God, our Jesus, his spirit embodies the ultimate form of honor, not only do we owe him the same as his sons and daughters, but we owe him life, which he gave first. And so what does that look like? What does it look like to honor God? So you guys read those verses. What do we do? We do all in his name. We do all for the glory. In all our ways, submit. How do we do it? With our first fruits. With all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength. When do we do it? At home, on the road, when you lie down, when you wake up. Where do we do it? On your hands, on your clothes, on your forehead, on your house, in your house, and on your gates. And in all circumstances, no matter what, we honor him. You guys tracking with me? Okay. So I know we just read a lot of scripture, but we're going to read just a little bit more. 
And this is kind of be the basis for the remaining portion of what we got. So if you guys have a Bible or if you have a phone or whatever applies, could you guys open up to um, John 12? And it's just John 12, verse 1. If you're there, go ahead and just say amen. All right. Not amen. We're not there yet. Chris, you want to read that? Yep. John 12, he's going to read John 12, 1 through 7. Jesus, therefore, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they made him a supper there, and Martha was serving. But Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Mary then took a pound of very costly perfume of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, who was intending to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor people? Now he said this, not because he was concerned about the poor, but because he was a thief. And as he had the money box, he used to pilfer what was put into it. Therefore Jesus said, let her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. Thanks, Chris. All right, so this is kind of an interesting portion, and I was reading some, some commentary on it. And it's kind of interesting narrative and in how it's unpacked. So I want to take a look at three, three specific ways, okay, in which Christ is honored in the text and how it applies to us practically. So the text reads, to start out, that a dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. The timeline was this is six days before Passover. So what that tells us is that this was basically Christ's last leg on earth. He's got about a week before he's done before he has his betrayal, crucifixion, so on and so forth. So this is his last day on earth. And he is chosen to spend this day with these people, Mary, Martha, Lazarus, and they're at the house of um, Simon. And the first point I want to make is honoring God in our homes or honoring Christ in our homes. And what does that look like? So here he is enjoying a dinner with friends, with the knowledge of what is coming. And what's interesting to me is that these people were not Christ's disciples, but they were Christ's friends, okay? And a chapter before, if you read, Christ has just raised Lazarus from the dead. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with that story, but he ends up waiting two days and then comes, and we have that shortest verse in the Bible where Jesus wept because he was overcome with grief. And then he raises him from the dead, and it creates this uproar. It was kind of almost like the last big miracle that Christ did, where they're like, the priests are like, we're deciding that we're going to kill him, and we're going to kill Lazarus too, because he's creating too much trouble. So there's another account also in Luke 10, okay? And it also includes Mary and Martha, but it's on a separate occasion. So this is not the first time that Jesus has hung out with these people. Okay, I don't know how many times I could speculate that because they're friends, it was more than twice. But we're all familiar with the story where he comes and Martha, he's walking through Jerusalem and Martha invites him 
into their home. And we know the story of Martha being the busybody, right? She's going around with a chicken like her head cut off, trying to get all this stuff ready. And Mary is just sitting right in front of Jesus. And Martha ends up saying, God, what's the deal? Why isn't she helping me out? And he says, oh, no, check her out. She's, she's doing the right thing. She's here. I have a limited amount of time. Why are you not at my feet? Um, so this next occasion, again, keep the setting in mind, is the thing is, is they made him feel welcome. This dinner was in his honor at their home, okay? When you honor Christ in your home, he feels welcome. He is invited in. So what we are establishing or what we need to establish is a culture of honoring God in our homes. Home tends to be a place, at least for most of us, right, where we are unguarded, per se, right? For some of us, it, that's when our real self comes out, is at home. It's where we're comfortable, right? It's where we get to kick back. It's where we get to relax. It's where we kind of get to shut the world out and recharge. There's nothing wrong with that, and I'm not trying to project a spirit of, of religion on you guys, but I'm saying that just as Mary, Martha, and Lazarus honored honored the physical Jesus in their home, we are to honor his spirit in our home, even if we cannot see them, see him in front of us. Um, that stands for everything you do under your roof. And so the question is, is do you want Jesus to be welcome in your home? Do you want him to be welcome in your home? Then establish honor while you're in it. So Chris just told the story up here about what he was doing in his home at age 19, okay? He was by himself, but it didn't matter. He was still going to praise Jesus. He was going to cry on his behalf because he was so overcome for the love of the Lord. The second area I want to go into is honoring Jesus from our hearts. And the things that you do inside of your home, it carries... It's a reflection of the value and the praise and adoration that you have for Christ, and it stems from right here. So we have three different characters in the scenario of John 12. It starts with Martha, and it's very simple. Martha served. That's all it says. Martha was the servant, and in Luke 10, she's actually kind of, Jesus basically corrects her, right? But in this case, I want to take away the negative connotation. There's no negative connotation to what she's doing in this current time. She has a servant's heart. You could say that that's her love language. That is how she wants to serve Christ is through serving him, okay, is through preparing the house. If we have anybody important who comes to your house, if you have a celebrity, the president of the United States, whoever it might be, someone in power, okay, you're probably going to get your house ready. I would hope so, at least, right? You're not going to leave your dirty laundry out in the living room with dirty dishes on the counter and just be like, hello, Mr. President, come on in and see my house, okay? There's, there is a, a point of honor in making preparations for someone important to come over. Does that make sense? So I want to kind of strip that negative connotation that we had from Luke 10 and replace it with something positive. We have people who are on the setup team here at church. If they weren't here, you wouldn't be sitting in chairs. You'd be sitting on your butt on the concrete, we wouldn't have any of this equipment up here, okay? Thank you, Ben. 
So in turn, service for her is her outward expression of her inward recognition of who God is. She is honoring God through her service. If we move to Lazarus, I call him the recliner, okay? He is the chiller. There's nothing wrong with that. Again, let's take away the negative negative connotation that we have with that. He's not lazy, just as Mary wasn't lazy in Luke 10, okay? Put this in context. A chapter before, this guy was just dead for two days and then raised from the dead, He's probably in the state of complete awe and stupor that the guy who just raised him from the dead is sitting at him, with him at the table. He's simply enjoying Jesus' presence. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it is honoring. Honoring Jesus in contentment. Can you be content? We're called to be still in certain times. Maybe not all the time, but there's a time for it. Being still in his presence is honoring to God. The last one is the most famous. We have Mary. It's interesting how Lazarus kind of took her spot from the last, the last one. Mary was the one sitting on his feet and reclining. And now she's kind of, she's kind of upgraded to the next level. Good job, Mary. You're on, you're on your game. The one thing that she displays, and it was, it was what Ben read, is that she gives of her first fruits, right? She gives of her best. It says, Mary then took a pound of perfume. That's a lot of perfume, right? She took a pound of costly perfume of pure nard, which was equatable to a year's wages for the average working man. It was a perfume that was exported from like India or something was what the commentary said. And she poured it over his feet. Not only did she pour it over his feet, but unless she was Rapunzel with the very long hair, she was down, bent down at his feet and she was wiping the perfume in with her hair. At this time, it was said that a woman's hair was her glory. And she is literally wiping his feet with her hair, with her glory. I don't think a lot of people know, and myself included sometimes, what it feels like to give like that. What does it feel like to give like that? A year's wages, or comparable to, and to wipe it in with your hair. That it, it wasn't even that, and not that this is a bad thing, but it wasn't even like, I'm going to give to my favorite charity because I know it's going to benefit the children. I'm going to give to compassion, or I'm going to give to these missionaries because they're doing great work. It was almost, it, by Jews, it was considered frivolous. The money, the, the perfume, it, 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 it was on his feet for probably a day, and then he walked on the road and it was gone. It was, it was simply out of her love. It was like the, the, the overflowing of her love was a direct correlation to the overflowing of this perfume. And so what she was feeling inside had that outward expression of, I'm going to pour this onto his feet and wipe it with my hair. And it wasn't like, look at me. It's not, it's not this haughty posture of, hey, you guys seeing this? <laughs> you know? It, 
I guess we could say her posture was one of complete humility. So first fruits, posture of complete humility. Okay, again, we're talking about honoring God here. And the last one is that she honored him despite criticism. So you see, the, you see this verse right here, and Judah says, supposedly out loud, why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and given to poor people? Why'd you do that? That's frivolous. But what was the point? And it was like, despite criticism, she was still going to honor God. And so if we, if we look at this practically, I hope that when the next opportunity comes, that you get to honor God, and we can look at all those different categories, like I said, whether that's obedience or trust or worship or praise, that despite criticism, despite what we're feeling from people around us or whoever, that we as a church are not going to back down from what we know is right, from what we feel inside, from the love that is overflowing from our hearts. And it's interesting how in the last verse... (laughs) Jesus got Mary's back because she knows what she's doing. He says, let her alone so she may keep it for my burial, dot, dot, dot. And it was in Luke 10, she said the same thing to Martha. There's no issue with what she's doing right now. That's the second time that he's defending her because she is honoring him so well. Here's how I'm gonna end before I bring my wife up here is The last one is kind of a blanket. Honoring God in all circumstances. So we've seen honoring God in service, honoring God in peace and contentment, and then honoring God in our first fruits, right? Our posture, and despite, despite others. And the last one is all circumstances. So it's funny how a simple blanket statement, how we can say it so easy in all circumstances, Sometimes that the easiest things in life said are the hardest things to do. Um, the only thing I, gonna, I was doing a workout recently where it was only two movements. And I said, this is going to be cake. And I went and I started the workout and about two minutes left, I was thinking to myself, how many minutes do I have left? Or how many rounds do I have left? Because I just hit a wall. This was supposed to be easy. It looked so easy on paper. And now in the thick of it, what do I want to do? I want to quit. I don't want to do it anymore because I just hit a wall. I hit a circumstance. And these are the times when we, we really start questioning, um, does it really say all? Maybe I'll check another version. I don't think the NIV is right. Let's go to the message. Dang it. It still says all. All circumstances. And so we go back to those verses. Do it all in his name. Do it all for the glory. In all your ways, submit with your first fruits, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength at home, on the road, when you lie down, when you wake up, in your relationships, in your marriage, on your hands, on your clothes, on your forehead, on your house, in your gate, and on your house. If you sang it this morning, the song that we spent a lot of time singing, then you're declaring it. You've already said it. You already believe it, that we give you the highest praise. We give you the highest honor. You deserve it. 
all, no matter the circumstance. We already know what God says to us. And if you don't know, ask somebody who does. But I understand it's tough, simple to say, and tough to do. We've got a great community. And you guys know what the Lord wants from you. And you know how to honor him. So, I just want to declare it. We're going to sing it one more time. In every circumstance, we honor Jesus. So we sing. We give you the highest praise. You deserve it all. You deserve it all. We give you the highest praise. Because you deserve it all. You deserve it all. We give you the highest praise. Because you deserve it all. You deserve it all. We give you the highest praise. Because you deserve it all. You deserve it all. So the transition right here is when you honor Jesus, you honor his Father. When you honor people, you honor God. So my wife's going to expound just a little bit on how we do that. You know, we're, we're not ever bound by time here. If you come in here and we have a service and it's two hours and you're thinking, wow, they're going really long. It's because God's doing something. We just want to sit in that a little longer. And if you come in and we're here for 45 minutes and you're thinking, wow, they didn't really spend enough time. It's because maybe you're supposed to get in community and hang out. I had a dream last night. <laughs> um, Paris is like, oh, you're really about to go there? Uh, I had a dream last night <laughs> that I got up here and the father said, just sit. That was enough. I got a powerful word for y'all, but it's not for today. There's something so profound about this word honor, like Paris shared. We kind of just went back and forth all week, like how do you even describe honoring the Father? How do you do it well? How do you obey the King of kings, Lord of lords in honor? And so I just, as I stood over there, the <laughs> Lord reminded me of that dream. And I told Paris this morning, I said, I may not even preach. I was real excited about it, but I just feel like we need to sit in this just a little bit longer. Y'all okay with that? And actually, babe, I'll have you come back up. I want you to read something. Um, I want us to just kind of go into just a sitting with the Father. And if you will, just shut your eyes and just hold your hands out in a receiving position. And I want to have him read something that he wrote that was really good. And I just want you guys to listen to these words. God's worth 
is derived from his very being. It is rooted in our very existence because he is the creator. He is the sustainer. His son was the sacrifice. And he is the savior. We honor him with our very existence because he is the reason we live and hope and love and thrive. And that's why we say we give you the highest praise because you deserve it all. He is of the utmost value, the utmost price, the utmost worth. His precious life was sacrificed on our behalf. And if our God, our Jesus, his spirit, embodies the ultimate form of honor, not only do we owe him the same as his sons and daughters, but we owe him our life, which he gave first. Yeah. So if you're here this morning, and maybe this is, this is new news to you, maybe the concept of honoring Jesus to you is new. Maybe you've never even heard of this idea of honoring God and what it looks like. I just wanna invite you into that this morning. Maybe you actually came in here and you felt like that's the last thing I do is honor and you might even be feeling some lies on you, some shame on you and I just wanna break that off in Jesus' name. That's not for you. Every week we wanna invite people into a relationship with the holy of holies, the Lord of lords, the king of kings. He has honored us in so many ways, sending his son to die for you, yes, you. Allowing us to have an inheritance and a characteristic of putting on Jesus so that we're not alone, we're not isolated, we have the power and the glory inside of us. Amen. Inside of us. And so I'm just going to ask you, if you've never accepted the Lord, I want to invite you to accept him this morning. If that's you, I just want you to just be bold and throw a hand up. If we don't invite people into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ every time we hang out, I don't know that we should. Because it is the, the, the most important relationship while here on earth. It is the most important relationship. So I'm gonna give you just, I feel like there's somebody here today. I feel really strong in my spirit. There's somebody here today. You've not ever heard this idea of honoring the Father. You've not ever even thought that you could be honored. You've not felt honored. And the Father's like, oh, son, oh, daughter, come on. Maybe you accepted the Lord a long time ago. And you've just been feeling weighed down. You've just been feeling like, yeah, that's the last thing I've been doing. Some people call it a rededication. We call it whatever we want. Just have a convo with Jesus. Because I believe he wants to touch people this morning. And if you accepted the Lord, I saw a hand in the back. If you accepted the Lord, I want you to get prayer. I want you to find somebody in here. I don't care if you know them. If you're here, your family, somebody might come up to you and say, I just accepted the Lord, what do I do now? You're on the prayer team. You're on the ministry team. So I just wanna close us out in prayer. Yeah, Jesus, we just thank you, Father. 
Let me just give you the highest praise, Papa. You deserve it all, God. In our homes, in our hearts, in our relationships. God, you deserve it all. You're worthy of it all. God, I just thank you for each person, Father. Yeah, God. I just bless each person in this room, Father, that they would feel honored, Lord, and that they could give honor to you, Papa God, that you would just show them, Lord. God, I pray this week as we walk into our homes, our homes would be a reminder of welcoming you in. Our living rooms, our bedrooms, our cars, our workplace, our neighborhoods. Papa, we just welcome you in. We just give you the highest praise. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.